LinkedIn presents. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Ria Ongyu about how organizations can strategically balance purpose and profit. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hi, John. It's a pleasure to be with you today. You're joining me from Switzerland. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about how organizations can strategically balance purpose and profit. It's really interesting in the day and age of corporate social responsibility, of ESGs, of triple bottom line and stakeholder capitalism. Uh, there's really a push towards more purpose-driven organizations that are sustainable, that are uh, paying attention to a more holistic experience of consumers and employees uh, and all of that. Uh, yet businesses are still in business to make money, to make profit. Um, that's how it works within our capitalist capitalistic system. And so it's interesting to think about how those two connect and balance with each other. And I'm excited to explore all of this with you today. As we get started, I wanted to share Rhea's bio with everybody. Rhea Ongyu is partner and management consultant at Live Sciences, an experienced consulting startup with the vision to catalyze the success of its customers. She is a synergy igniter, community builder, and real enabler. She thrives in the complex transformation world and uses her passion to ignite curiosity, spark change, and support leaders to unleash their inner superpowers. She also co-created Teal Around the World, an initiative that brings together communities of like-minded future of work enthusiasts. I love all of that. Thank you so much again for joining me. Anything else you would like to highlight from your background or personal context before we dive on into the conversation. No, thank you for having me, John. And um, I, I really look forward to this conversation. Well, why don't we start out with the general framing? Again, this balance between purpose and profit. How do you view those components? How do you view this general balancing act that organizations and that leaders are are engaging in? And then we can start to dig into some of the strategic approaches to to how we can go about this. I think uh, maybe I could uh, put it in our context, right? Uh, our company, uh, Life Sciences, we are a um, purpose-led and also, of course, we need profit in order to uh, thrive in the business. Um, I think it, there's a real need to strike a balance between what is your big audacious goals 
uh, and the big impact that you want to create in the world. And also, in, along the way, why not um, create profit uh, so people within the organization can fully um, actualize their potential and thrive? Yeah. And the, the reality is, if we don't have sufficient revenues, if we don't have profit, uh, we're not going to be around for very long uh, unless you have a wealthy benefactor who's going to fund everything. Um, y- you're really just not going to last no matter how good the idea is, no matter how great of a product or service you're providing, uh, you need that profit. And and we, we've seen organizations that have tried to, to, to make it uh, without some sort of a sustainable um, financial model for their organization. And it just doesn't work uh, in the long run. There's only so long you're going to have seed funding and, and investors dumping money into an organization. Um, at some point, they're going to stop. It's going to dry up. And if you're not making revenues, if you're not efficient and productive, you're, if you're not adding value to the market, then then these organizations are going to cease to exist. Uh, and so all along, we, you know, we have to think about the profit piece. And without it, um, we're going to struggle for sure. But again, there's really this push towards having a more purpose-driven organization, having um, work that's in, infused with meaning and purpose and and the type of work that people get excited about showing up to do. Sometimes that can be in attention with the, the profit piece. So how do we go about reconciling those elements? No, um, what, what you say is very important to recognize that, you know, um, in order for companies nowadays uh, to, to stay on the top of uh, the, let's say, the market, it's also important to be um, very clear on their purpose. Um, there's a there's a whole study uh, that was published uh, by Forbes in 2017 where they um, they said that the buyer behavior is actually taking purpose into account more than anything else these days. So there's a clear intention around why people want to patronize your product and your business, right? And why why people want to work with you. And um, I think this is something that we need to be cognizant about uh, within the business model that we need to uh, realize that purpose actually amplifies the profit and the brands that are standing up for something that is, um, let's say, uh, very uh, noble uh, as an initiative. Uh, will also find itself uh, being more successful in terms of having customer loyalty and preference. Yeah, for sure. So done right, uh, the purpose-driven organization, purpose-driven work, purpose-driven products and services, all of this can lead and really should lead to higher profits. Everything that you just described will be outcomes of all of this. And yet we see the tension remain. Many organizations, many leaders feel like the focus on the purpose um, is a distraction, perhaps, perhaps it, it just it just requires an investment that they're not willing um, to, to put the time, the money, the energy into. They'd rather focus on, you know, the specific product offering or reducing costs in some way, not adding to costs through investing in purpose. And so, you know, we continue to have this tension um, and you have some forward thinking organizational leaders that get it and and they they go they invest in this they go all in in this and and you see many really great examples of positive outcomes yet in my experience many still don't quite get it or they kind of conceptually understand it but it just feels too risky um, to really go all in on um 
what would you say that, you know, organizations and leaders tend to be getting wrong about this relationship between purpose and profit? And how can we start to shift um, the way they're approaching it? There's, there's many things that I can think um, think of. Uh, one is um, in a recent conversation that we've been having around purpose, there's also this, if you're working in a huge organization that has a very aspirational purpose, right? Uh, we want to be super innovative to create um, uh, better futures for, for our customers. Let's, let's say that's their, that's their um, purpose. And if you are far into the value chain within this, uh, this whole organization because it's too big, you probably don't have an interaction with the customers. You don't understand what is there. And there's there's a need to invest and to bridge that understanding of, is my purpose actually, my personal purpose aligned with this company purpose? That's one thing, right? Um, uh, is your purpose um, very aspirational for your own people as well? Uh, that uh, they they can really see themselves serving that purpose in their day to day work, no matter how far they are from the customer. And that's that's one thing to bridge. And the other thing is, I think there's a notion that um, uh, businesses are still very much profit driven, and and so um, how do we change that narrative? How do we actually look at what is the impact we're trying to create as a business? What are we trying to bring to the world that will actually maybe shift the needle in terms of uh, the conversations we're having? I, I love how there's the ESG and um, all of this agencies that allow us to anchor into something meaningful. Yeah, yeah. You have social impact investing. Again, triple bottom line, people, planet, profit. Profit's still there. We're not suggesting that we don't have a profit. In fact, again, as we've mentioned, if you don't have profit, if you don't have revenue, you're going to struggle to continue to exist. Uh, And so that's definitely important. But I love the focus on. It's obvious the unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing. But you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. You should, too. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $200 on each three-month food kit you purchase. My Patriot Supply also sells solar generators, gravity-powered water filters, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com Um the purpose, the people, the planet, um, all of those elements are so critical if we're going to look at things holistically. Um, you know, I think about all the negative externalities from an economic, you know, if you think back to your econ 101 class that you took in college or high school, you, you talk about ne- negative externalities, like the the free market has many positive components to it, but it produces mm-hmm. uh, negative outcomes 
especially in terms of exploitation and uh, hurting potentially employees, customers, the environment. Um, and so that's why we have things like government regulations. Uh, that's why we have industry uh, standards and they're self-policing policing within industries. Um, that's why there's been this movement towards more responsible businesses, CSR and ESGs and such, that we just recognize that there are these negative consequences uh, of a capitalistic free market system that needs to be corrected for. Um, but you, you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You can still uh, enjoy many of the positive aspects of, of the free market while also diminishing or, or mitigating those negative externalities and purpose is one of the great ways uh, to go about doing that because people really get passionate about and get behind mm -hmm. a people centric people oriented organization that's focused not only on the, the, the good of the people within the organization, the employees, the workers, but also the customers. And they recognize the need, you know, the role they play in their community, the ne the needs for the, you know, from an environmental perspective, et cetera, the social impact components of what the business is doing or could be doing the impact that they could be having. All of that um, really contributes yeah. to this framework. And, and man, the public sentiment around this has changed dramatically over the last, mm -hmm. I don't know, certainly the last 10 years, but really the last, yeah. you know, couple of decades, I've seen huge, huge shifts which I think is, is largely positive, some still somewhat performative for some organizations. Um, but the, but the narrative is shifting. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I, I love seeing that the narrative is, uh, slowly, um, you know, um, moving into, uh, a good direction. Um, you know, you asked uh, earlier, what other things, uh, do I see? Um, there, there's also this, uh, this notion that, um, purpose work is uh, left to a philanthropic uh, initiative. And I, I would dare say that it's a lot more than that. Um, uh, giving money to um, whatever causes, societal, business, uh, social impact businesses and all of that, it will not change the economic problems, right? It will not make it go away. Uh, what does make it go away is when we actually have like real investment uh, of our resources, not just money, but um time, thinking, strategy, and the capacity to acquire both the tangible impact and the intangible ROI, which is the fulfillment of the individuals within your system. So let's now spend the rest of our time talking about specific strategies organizations and leaders can take as they're trying to strike this balance between purpose and profit. Um, you've already addressed some of the, some of the things organizations are getting wrong, some of the types of mindset shifts that need to occur. What are some of the specific strategic approaches that we can take as we're trying to, to strike this balance, perhaps shift a culture uh, within our organization? I think um, the the concept of a shared value thinking is very relevant here. Uh, when I say shared value thinking, it's about, you know, um, how do I create a purpose statement within my organization that resonates uh, with my customers, uh, my patients, if you're in the healthcare industry, or and also with my people who are working uh, within the organization, right? How can we create an, a platform for inspiration, uh, a platform for collaboration uh, to find synergies that we can solve uh, the problems that we are facing or address the needs that are unmet uh, in our society? Um, that's one thing that uh, really um, 
comes up to me more and more is how can we move into that ecosystem uh, where we have partnerships uh, and we tap into those partnerships to 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 help address um, the different needs that we see um, uh, that are emerging in in our in our space in our business but also in the market that we are um, trying to capture. As we think about the internal mechanisms of an organization, you know, I think of the policies, practices, procedures that are embedded within an organization that create the organizational system. Um, So we can have great statements. We can have hopefully um, commitment from the top down to help infuse energy and have bottom up support. Um, You know, hopefully those elements are there, but so much of this, I think really comes back to, what types of systems, processes, procedures do we put in place that will help to embed and infuse this, this these goals and this purpose uh, throughout the organization, hold people accountable for these elements so that it's not just something, you know, that the CEO gets up in a in an all hands meeting and kind of gets everyone excited. They think about it for a month and then it kind of fades away. You know, how do we embed this into our performance Um coaching and performance review process? How do we uh, build this into ongoing uh, OKRs and and various metrics that are utilized within the organization? Any thoughts on some of those components? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think um, uh, one way to enable uh, the impact of purpose is really, and also to in return um, have the the profit, is to really uh, unleash the people, the amazing people working in the organizations, right? That the, the potential of these people by creating a right, the right environment for them to be successful. So when I talk about this, it requires a shift from like, you know, um, I think it was Simon Sinek who said, like, you know, if you hire people who are experts uh, in their um, in their field, um, why are we telling them what to do and how to do it, right? So I think think about. Um, the concept of self-management where we truly unleash people uh, for what they are there for to help them um, uh, bring their contributions uh, and make it known to the organization as well and to acknowledge, appreciate, and recognize that. Um, uh, Another um, aspect there is uh, paying attention to the behaviors uh, within the organization that I would like to change. So me as a leader, for example, uh, what are the things that will help me create this right environment for others? Um, so a sense of safety, the sense of uh, community as well is a, is a big te- big deal uh, because people want to feel safe uh, to do certain things, right? And, um, and uh, be their best version of themselves in the workplace. If we can truly achieve that, then I think... Um, the inner workings uh, of the organization will help to truly um, drive purpose and profit um, forward. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. So I would encourage the audience, you know, anyone listening today, you're thinking, yeah, this makes sense. I want profit, um, my profit driven organization to also be purpose driven. I want to uh, infuse that kind of an environment, that culture into my teams. I, I want them, you know, you recognize 
the value and how that's going to help you create better stuff, have more sustainable systems, how it's going to help you attract and retain great people, et cetera. All the many ben- benefits um, that Rhea, that you've suggested and outlined. Uh, and there really is a lot of research to go behind all of this. Um, so you're sitting there, you're listening to this, you're thinking, hmm, this sounds good. Conceptually, you understand it's important. It can be a little daunting to take the first steps to try to drive some organizational change in this direction, especially if you have a very kind of rigid organizational bureaucratic system, uh, if you have a very compliance-oriented uh, or a very autocratic type of organizational um, structure and system. Uh, it can be challenging, but I would say start having the conversations uh, with key stakeholders within your organization, with key leadership roles. Um, there, there's different ways about this. And I think every individual leader, regardless of your specific title or role or span of influence, regardless of where you're at in the hierarchy, you have the opportunity to influence things uh, and create the environment within at least at a minimum within your kind of sphere of influence, your bubble um, yeah. and the people you work directly with. Um, but you can you can be an advocate, you know, for more bottom up types of approaches and pressure to put on management. Um, you can uh, you can help to create you know, coalitions of, of, of interested individuals like yourselves that might be in middle management um, to, to continue to, you know, pursue this and push this kind of a dialogue along. I think all of that's healthy. You know, there's, when you have a CEO that's committed uh, and can kind of push a top-down approach and and support it with, with resources, that's fantastic. That doesn't always happen that way. Uh, And so let's, let's look for other ways and at a minimum, make sure that we're creating a really great environment for our teams and, and infusing purpose and meaning into what, um, work looks like for our organizations, uh, for the, for our specific, um, portions of the organization. Um, and maybe we can finish there, uh, t- just by talking a little bit about, uh, really this, the future of work and how purpose connects with the future workplace. We already know that purpose driven work is important. Where do you see things going in the next five years? Uh, and how do we prepare for that future? I think um, uh, the questions uh, that people are asking themselves, uh, the questions that we are asking ourselves have have also changed, right? And uh, based on those questions, we are also seeing um, a shift in how courageous can I be in making a small change tomorrow? Like um, being mindful that I cannot change the world uh, overnight, what is the small change that I can do every day that will get me somewhere? And I think this is a conversation that many teams are starting to recognize. Um, uh, and has, you know, if you think about if we change one small thing every day within 20 days of a work week, you actually have 20 changes within a team. That's massive impact. If you think about 20 people in a team, that's exponential. So I think um, the concept of recognizing that there is power um, to change some things in small incremental ways is um, is going to really contribute towards the future of um, how work is going to evolve. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Rhea, this has really been a great conversation. I know at the time I need to let you go here in just a minute, um, but before we wrap things up, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. 
Thank you, uh, John. So um, yes, uh, thank you for um, connecting with me. Um, you can reach me on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn with Rhea Ong Yu, R-H-E-A-O-N-G-Y-I-U. And um, yeah, and uh, or drop me, uh, drop us a, an email at Action at Life Sciences and we will be happy to connect with you if you have any questions. Thank you. Yeah, perfect. Rhea, thank you again. It's been a pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Rhea and her team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.